Smith ends up with it, takes a three. Swish! She hit it! Jayla Smith from beyond. Are you kidding me? We are going to overtime at Lawrence North. 45 45. Fires away. Goody for the win, fade away, it's gone, Rokey, it's it at the buzzer, Spards win a thriller, 56-53, Goody from the right corner. Edwards pulls the trigger from the S in March Madness, Carson Edwards. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Johannesmeyer Talk Sports with Friends. I'm your host, Noah Meyer, and I'm being joined alongside Indiana fan Henry Swartz. It's been almost 2,000 days, 1,841, since the Indiana Hoosiers have been able to beat their rivals, the Purdue Boilermakers. It's not really a rivalry for the past couple of years, though, as the last win for the Hoosiers was 2016. They won 77-73. to 73. Yogi Ferrell who led the, was who led the Hoosiers to the win. He's been in and out of the NBA since then. It's been a long time. Purdue's eight and zero since then. How do you feel about hearing these statistics as an Indiana fan? Yeah, just what we've gotten used to as Indiana fans: program going downhill and not where we want to be right now. So definitely need to make some changes to get back to winning, but not good last eight games. Yeah, and five of those games were at Assembly Hall, and really, even one of the most emotional games in IU history. They lost against the Boilermakers, the return of Bobby Knight. How did you feel just thinking Indiana's not even the, a, even able to win that game? Yeah, you would think after Bobby Knight finally comes back to Assembly Hall and gets the crowd pumped up at halftime, the players seeing it, getting pumped up for to be a historic coach there, watching for the first time in years. You'd think it would come out with some energy and try to fight back in that game. But that's not, that's not what happened. Just kind of shows this or shows how I used played under Archie Miller, no energy. So it's, they can't win that one. I don't know. We need to find another way to win. Yeah. And as you said about Archie, he's now 0-6 versus the Boilermakers. The only, or the last coach in Indiana history to not be able to beat Purdue was George Levis back in the 1920s. Levis was going <laughs> for Archie Miller does not want to be on that side of history for sure. Yeah, it's like a peach basket days back then. <laughs> yeah, I just – I can't believe Archie Miller is has struggled this much against Purdue. I mean, even like the team last year, they struggled and just – it's insane. And just this rivalry since the turn of the century, Purdue is 20-17. It's been pretty, rather close even with this eight-game winning streak, and it's really just been a set of streaks. Indiana had five straight in 2000 to through through 2002 indiana had another five straight 05 to 07 back around when we were just toddler or babies and then purdue had five straight with the baby boilers and then indiana got four straight and now purdue's won 11 out of 12 2014 to now yeah 11 out of 12 that's not a good number if you're an iu fan yeah especially really the only time me and you have been able to actually pay attention to these teams that's the 11 out of 12 is really that's all we've watched and last season for indiana fans you really think if you were ever going to beat the boilermakers it would be last year as they struggled they were 
barely over 500, 16 and 15. They were 10th in the Big Ten, 9 and 11, and, and as a Big Ten record. They lost to Illinois by like 30 points at some point in the season, 63 to 37. And they still were able to beat Indiana twice. February 8th, they beat Indiana at Assembly Hall. The return of Bobby Knight by 12. What did you just overall think about that game? Yeah, the big thing is they didn't play with enough energy. You think playing your rival in state, you got to play with some more energy. Yeah, Purdue was playing with energy. Another big thing in those both of those games was the defense. I used defense, gave Purdue any shot they wanted on the court. So any of defense, the defensive-minded coach and Archie Miller, you got to play better defense and with some more energy against your in-state rivals if you want to win. Yeah, it seems like energy has been a problem for Indiana in this rivalry. And just looking at it this season, it's probably going to be even worse going into – well, I guess I almost think it's easier – to get energized in Mac Arena as an opposing team when the team or when the fans are screaming at you, then when it's just a silent gym and Purdue's used to that court, used to that floor. So they'll almost have a, a great advantage over Indiana. But Indiana has been a better road team this season. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, been a big surprise that I use one a lot more games on the road than at home. Of course, it doesn't matter a whole lot since there are no fans, but. You would think that they would it'd be fairly even or even better at home, given the circumstances. Yeah, you just like Purdue has played way better at home throughout this season, just used to the court, used to everything. And the Hoosiers last season, Andy Katz had them in his final bracketology as a 10 seed, and they were 34th in final Ken Palm, and I mean, versus Purdue 24th. So, and Purdue was also falling out of the tournament last season, just losing Rock to Rutgers and just Evan Brudrow, Jihad Proctor kind of took over that team late in the season. It was hard to believe that the Boilermakers were able to sweep the Hoosiers last season. I mean, just the talent with Devontae Green and Trace Jackson Davis not able to beat the Boilers. Yeah. Another key player was Justin Smith, who's now gone on Arkansas, who was a solid player for IU last year. But now he is one of the best players on the number 12 team in the country. So I think it just shows that Archie Miller's system, it doesn't match up good against other teams in the Big Ten, especially Purdue. And that his system's going to get the most out of players. So seeing whatever talent, the talent that he's had over his four years and them not being able to win against Purdue or anyone, really, or not being successful, I think it shows the system and the talent that Archie Miller is not able to develop properly. Yeah, as you were saying, Justin Smith and Devontae Green, key players, no longer playing for the Hoosiers. Justin Smith really, as a grad transfer to Arkansas, has been one of the best players in the nation, like you said. And kind of a surprise as he had a good season last year, averaging 10 points per game and 5.4 rebounds. But he's playing a lot better this season. And like you said, that might be Archie Miller. Just his system is not effective for these players. And... Then you look at the freshmen now coming in for the Hoosiers, like a five-star Christian Lander, four-star Jordan Germanino, three-star Anthony Lee, three-star Trey Galloway. None of them averaging more than four points per game. Yeah, so we expected this class to be a little better. Now, Christian Lander, he should be a high school senior, so he's 17 or 18 years old going against some older guys in the Big Ten. 
But overall, yeah, the freshmen have not provided a whole lot. Trey Galloway, he was providing a little bit of non-conference play. But in Big Ten play, he hasn't matched up against the Big Ten talent. So looking forward, we hope that this talent can develop and that Christian Lander can become what he was ranked nationally. So far, he's Lander's provided some good passing, but not a whole lot of scoring or anything that I can I, you can really work with a whole lot. Yeah, and you what you said about Christian Lander's age, Zach Eady, star center for the Boilermakers, coming off the bench, is actually younger than Christian Lander. And the Indiana freshmen have played 700 more minutes than Eady this season and have only played or scored six more points. How do you just feel about that statistic? Yeah, that's just crazy. I, looking at it now, I can't believe that Zach Eady was only ranked in the 400s as good as he's played this year. It's just crazy that a recruit ranked in the 400s is outplaying four of IU's freshmen. Well, it's just, yeah. He was a 7-4 guy who decided to try out baseball and hockey and just got athleticism and so many different uh, athletic abilities from those different sports. And then most people, I don't think, expected him to be able to translate that athleticism to the game of basketball, but it's worked out really well for the Boilermakers as he just played great on Tuesday against Wisconsin and led them to a home-ranked win, probably moving them up in the seeding. And just as we just looked at who Indiana's lost and gained, let's take a look at who Purdue lost from last season. Evan Brudro, he averaged about five points and five rebounds last season. John Proctor, a senior as well, averaged nine points and two assists. Nojo Eastern, a transfer, kind of shocking to see him leave. Averaged five points, five rebounds, and one steal. But his impact on the floor didn't really show up in the stats as he was a two-time All-Big Ten defensive team player. He was really just defense, like, just look specifically at the matchups Purdue and Indiana have seen in previous years. Like when he matched up against Romeo Langford, it was almost two goose eggs or barely over that because of how great of a defender no Joe Eastern was. And then Matt Harms also transferred, kind of scared of losing his playing time to the star freshman Zach Eady. Harms averaged eight points, two blocks, and five rebounds, and he won the WCC 21 2021 Defensive Player of the Year this season. Yeah, so definitely definitely excited to see Nojo Eastern out of this rivalry because of his defense, locking up IU's best guards. And One thing, IU's guards can't score a whole lot, and at least in Archie Miller's four years. So to see a good guard defender gone, that's nice. And Matt Harms, he was always a guy who'd get a few points against IU and hit some big shots, a few dunks he's had. So, yeah. Yeah, and as an Indiana fan, you definitely do not like Matt Harms. He hit a game winner off of a Carson Edward miss after some inappropriate chance towards him earlier in that game in Assembly Hall. Just Matt Harms, really just hated by most Big Ten teams. Like, he was just that guy. If you got him playing for you, it's fun to watch. Just see him get those blocks with his hair flips. But then to play against him, it's not really fun. And then yeah, exactly the new blood for the Boilermakers, really a key to their success this season. Jaden Ivey was a four-star, 87th in his class. Ethan Morton was also a four-star, 101st. Zach Eady, a three-star, 437th. As we already said, he's playing 
fantastic this season, scoring just under the amount of the entire Indiana freshman class. And then two redshirt freshmen this year, Brandon Newman, a three-star, 126 in his class. He's played, played fantastic, had 29 points in a game earlier this season. And then Mason Gillis, really kind of a glue guy for the Boilermakers, did not play for over a 1,000 days until the start of the season. And then looking at how these players have actually performed when getting onto the court, Jaden Ivey, 10 points per game, or just under, and with 2.7 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and 0.7 steals. And really, his, defensively, his game has made a step up recently, getting multiple blocks within the past couple weeks in, a, in single games. And then Ethan Morton, a guy who almost looks like what the Indiana freshmen have this season, kind of been struggling. He battled Mono earlier this season. He was a four-star, but is not averaging one point with only 0.6, only 0.8 rebounds and 0.9 assists. And then Zach Eady. Just what do you think about Zach Eady so far? Yeah, it's been – he's only getting 14.4 minutes a game, but those stats as a freshman – tremendous it just kind of shows how matt painter is able to get the most out of his players because on how many teams how or like on how many teams do you think zach Eady is going to put up those numbers and be as good as he is just matt painter gets a lot out of his players and that shows on the court yeah i don't think there's that often that you will get a freshman ranked in the 400s average under 15 minutes per game and still give you eight and a half points over four rebounds and a block that doesn't happen that often in college basketball. And then Brandon Newman, 8.6 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, and just over an assist. And then Mason Gillis, like, just looking back, he reminds me so much of Grady Eifert. Like, he might not show up in the statistics, but he's always on the floor fighting for the loose ball. He's kind of the glue guy. He's just making plays that will affect the outcome of the game. He's averaging 5 points, 4 rebounds, and an assist. Yeah, and Brandon Newman was a guy. Oh, Brandon Newman was a guy that IU heavily recruited after, who's put up some really good numbers at the guard position this year. And IU, who struggled a lot from guard play, they really missed out on giving Brandon Newman, keeping him in state to go to Indiana. Yeah, Brandon Newman, he really showed up playing great at the start of the season. Kind of faded a little bit since the return of Shasha Stevanovich, but. It was kind of a question mark. Should he have been redshirted? Like almost Brandon Brandon Newman, in my opinion, has potential to not even play for Purdue for four years. And just imagine if they put him on that last team, maybe better than just barely over 500. And now let's take a look at Indiana overall performance this season. Just you tell me what this Indiana team has done. Well, they've had a lot of close games. Florida State, Wisconsin, and some others were one that went to overtime that could change their season. But basically their whole resume is off of two Iowa wins that were close ones that they pulled off. Um, They've not played with energy consistently and just not – poor shooting's been the problem for all four years in their Archie. And the computers like them a little bit, a little better than the record is, but – yeah, they have not put up to get put up the year that we were expected going in. Well, yeah, they've fallen all the way down to 60th in the net rankings, and that's because of their struggles 
against quality teams is they're two and ten against quad wins quad one squads. That just cannot happen if you're the Indiana Hoosiers. And as well as you can't let the last four games go how they went, losing four in a row, two of them to Michigan State. And with those losses, they really have fallen out of any hopes in, for the tournament. Yeah, definitely. They need to get at least that game at Rucker and one of the games against Michigan State to really put themselves in a good spot for the tournament. But now one game under 500, they need to do some work in the Big Ten tournament to get in. Because they need to be at least, you'd think, one game above 500 to get into the tournament. So they have a lot they need to get done if they want to go to March and expand or play for the, play in the tournament. Right now, it's really, you got to win the game today if you're the Hoosiers. Or else, if you lose today, it's got to be Big Ten champs, I really think, for them to make the tournament. But then looking at Purdue's season, they're in a completely different trajectory right now. They've won four in a row. The best wins are two against Ohio State and a home versus Wisconsin earlier this week. They're 22nd in the net and 14th in Ken Palm. Really just played a great season so far. What do you think of this Boilermakers performance so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Going into this year, I thought Purdue was going to have an off year. IU may even be better than Purdue. And it would be a turn of, of what it's been in the past. But instead, Purdue's been very good. Six and six versus quad one, four more wins than IU's have versus quad one. They've got a lot of a lot out of their players they have. And they played very well. So I think it's a surprise to most people, most college basketball fans that Purdue's been as good as they have been this year. I think you got to give a lot of credit to Matt Painter. And then you also look, this was definitely the most underrated freshman class in college basketball. You look at it, if these five guys are playing for the Boilermakers and all all starting their senior years, they are unbeatable. Like just you look at that squad, they have so much potential and talent all around, just Jaden Ivey, Brandon Newman, and or Zach Eady all already playing great. And then Mason Gillis, the glue guy, like I said, earned his way into the starting lineup because of that. And then Ethan Morton, a slow start to his career at Purdue, but he still could play great. Or, or later on in his career, but then looking at the players who aren't named freshmen or are not freshmen this season for the Boilermakers, Trevion Williams, just kind of almost an all-American level guy, obviously not going to be like a first-team guy as Luca Garza's got that in the bag, but then averaging 15.6 points, 8.9 rebounds, and 2.1 assists. Shasha Stevanovic, 9.8 points, 2.7 rebounds, Two and a half assists. And then Eric Hunter Jr., 9.4 points, 2.3 rebounds, 2.9 assists. And really, if you watch him play, you see he's one of the best defenders in the nation. He shut down players like Marcus Carr to just two points a game. He's like no Jell Eastern in that way. Yeah, just being a team effort for Purdue this year. Trevor Williams has had a lot more points than the rest of the team, but overall, it's been pretty even scoring throughout and a lot of guys contributing. So if you have one guy who's off, another guy can step in and take that spot. But it's overall very well-rounded team for Purdue. They have defenders, they have shooters, they have guys who can dribble and score and defend and all that. So it's a very well-rounded team. Yeah, this team has really just been able to have anyone step up just whenever they're struggling 
it's another guy will show up like when Minnes against Minnesota, Brandon Newman really hadn't had a coming out game yet. Didn't know what to expect from him yet. And everyone else could not find the bottom of the net. And Brandon Newman just lit it up in the second half, scoring 20 points and then leading the Boilermakers to a 15 point win at home. Just that's an example. Even if Trevion Williams, Shasha Stavanovich, and Eric Hunter can't find a bucket, the freshmen are going to be able to. Like Zach Eady against Wisconsin, he stepped up big when Trevion Williams was in foul trouble and was able to lead the Boilermakers to that win. And now let's actually take more of a look into specifically this year, the battle between Purdue and Indiana, not just the teams overall. Earlier this year, January 14th, the win streak for Purdue moved up to eight at Assembly Hall with an 81-69 to win. It was really a battle of the bigs. 22 points for Trevion Williams and 25 for Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, so definitely a battle of the bigs. Last year, overall this season, Trace has struggled against good talent. So Trace is really going to need to step up and hit some shots because outside Trace, they don't have really a score that can step up and get buckets consistently. So Trace is going to have to be that guy today, especially, but if they put Zach Eady on him or Zach Eady's down low, I bet he's going to struggle down low because he struggled against length all year. So Trace is really going to have to show up today. Well, yeah, I kind of just see Trevion Williams and Trace Jackson Davis canceling each other out like they did earlier this year and then seeing other guys step up, like when Brandon Newman, Eric Hunter Jr., and Jaden Ivey all got to double digits in Assembly Hall on January 14th. A key from that game was the three-point shot, though. Purdue shot 65, and then Indiana shot a horrendous 17% from beyond the arc. Yeah, I think those three-point shooting numbers are a really good representation of what's been like for the four years under Archie Miller. I use allowed teams to get wide-open threes consistently at ease, and I use not being able to hit the threes that they've had. I use had plenty of good shots in three. They just haven't been able to hit them. And then on defense, teams are able to get in the middle and then kick out for wide open shooters consistently. So that's really got to be that's going to be a big key today because that was a key in the first game. So, yeah. And then if you look on the season, the stats overall look really similar for the Boilermakers and the Hoosiers, both shooting thirty four point or thirty four percent from three, averaging seventy one point seventy one points per game, fourteen assists, Purdue just under 38 rebounds versus Indiana 35. If you just look at those stats, these teams are evenly matched. Yeah, that's surprising to me how how open or how equal those stats are, especially the shoot three-point shooting. IU, of course, Purdue beats IU in volume of three-point shooting, and IU doesn't shoot a whole lot of threes. But it surprises me that IU is as high as they are in three-point shooting compared to Purdue. Well, it's just been some on-and-off nights for the Boilermakers because when they played against Penn State earlier this season, they just shot absolutely horrible, still able to win that game, and just brought down this uh, average, though. And, Henry, what do you, you think Indiana has to do today to be able to go to Mackey Arena and upset the Boilermakers? I'm going to give three things. First off, they're going to play with energy. They're going to have to act like they want to win. They're fighting for their tournament lives right now, and if they don't play with energy, they're going to lose. And in rivalries, all that matters is energy. That's the big thing that matters. Because whoever shows up with more energy is likely going to win. Second, this is going to sound simple, but they have to hit their shots. 
IU's had plenty of good looks in the season, whether it be layups or wide open threes. They just have not hit. They're going to have to come out strong and hit their layups that they haven't been able to do in past games. And they're going to get probably open threes they're going to have to hit. They have not hit those threes in the past. And then defensively, they're going to have to at least make Purdue work a little bit to get their shots. They're going to have to at least take, up lay, take out layups or threes. Pick one. Too much this year, I use allowed teams to get layup, wide open layups and wide open threes. That can't happen in this game. Yeah, and the spread from Vegas right now is Purdue by seven. I think that is really realistic uh, score for this game because obviously it's got to stay close. It's Indiana-Purdue. It's not like it's ever been just one team throttling the other over the past eight games. It's not been Purdue winning with ease always. We've seen Matt Harms tipping in at the buzzer. We know that there needs to be big shots in this game for Purdue to win. But as you just look at ESPN's basketball power index right now, Purdue was a 75% chance to win. That just keeps going up every day I look at it. I've I've been monitoring that all season long because it's just a comparison between the two rivals. And almost every day, Purdue has a higher percent chance of winning this game leading up to the game. Yeah, and in like those computer rankings, Purdue started off the year not very high in the computer rankings and we're starting to fall. But recently, they really exploded in the computer rankings and really started to go up. So, yeah, they've really improved throughout the season as well. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the past four games have really helped out the computer rankings, beating Michigan State by 10, Nebraska by 17, Penn State by 21, and then that home win against Wisconsin by four. It's going to be a tough day for Indiana, for sure, against this Purdue team. And I just see... If Trevion Williams and Trace Jackson Davis do cancel each other out like I think they will, Indiana's supporting cast is going to struggle to match Purdue's. Purdue just has so many other weapons than just one guy. That's kind of why Trace Jackson Davis is averaging more than Trevion Williams, just because he gets more looks at the basket and I believe more minutes as well. And just, I see Jaden Ivey. I, I'm really thinking, I'm predicting a huge game from him tonight or this afternoon against the Indiana Hoosiers. So, Henry, what's your prediction for this game? I, I don't see a way that IU wins this game. So, I got Purdue by 10, probably. You know, hopefully, it's different as an IU fan, but I just don't see IU went pulling this game off. So, you got Purdue covering the seven point spread. I do. All right. I I, I don't know if they'll cover the spread. I know they're going to win this game. It's just I feel like it's going to be one of those where Purdue's going to come out slow. They always do. This entire season, that's been their problem. But they're a second-half team. If Indiana can take advantage of that, maybe get up double digits early, this game can stay close and – Purdue, when they make their second half charge, won't be taking a 15-point lead. And so they'll, instead, they'll just get be getting the lead. But I'm going to go with Purdue winning by six, just barely under the spread. I think Jaden Ivey, Trace Jackson Davis, definitely keys in this one. And now let's look at the future for these rivals because let's see when this winning streak could end for Purdue. Because if they win today... It's most likely getting up to 2,000 days without an Indiana win. And 
just the 2021 Indiana Hoosier class, Logan Duncombe, a four-star 74th, as well as Parker Stewart, a transfer from UT Martin. And then the 2022 class, CJ Gunn, four-star 107th. What are you thinking about the future of this Indiana program? Yeah, so this this class they have right now is not great. They have Logan Duncombe, who's a solid center, and Parker Stewart, who can shoot the ball very well. But in the past, looking forward, like as an IU fan, we've struggled. So looking forward is what we like to do. So looking forward, we've always had better classes than this to look forward to, whether it be Romeo Lanford coming in, Tracy Jackson Davis coming in. They don't have that same type of class this year coming in. So it's kind of not a whole lot to look forward to, especially if Trey Jackson Davis leaves and some other guys get older and start to leave. So looking forward, it's not the same as it's been the past, how, since under Archie Miller than it has been the past years for IU. Yeah, Archie Miller has been able to get talent, but now as this talent has struggled, maybe that is hurting his ability to recruit. I mean, they lost two in-state battles for top 60 recruits this season or for the 2021 class this throughout this past year. And you can't let that happen if you're a team that's struggling like Indiana to beat your rival. I mean, those two guys for Purdue committed, Trey Kaufman ran a four-star 32nd in his class and Caleb first also a four-star 54th. And then in the 2022 class, there's a guy me and you are really familiar with as he goes to Homestead. Fletcher Lawyer, a four-star, 133rd. And then Jamil Brown, a four-star, 134th. Like you said, Indiana's class is not looking that bright. But then when you look at these Boilermaker classes and you look at the freshman class that is already playing so well, watch out. Yeah, especially Trey Coffin and Caleb First. They're the two guys that IU went heavily after and really tried to get. In the past, IU hasn't really lost a whole lot of NCAA battles to Purdue on recruiting. So to have Purdue beat out IU on two big recruits is there something to change, something that's changed a lot recently. Well, I just think when you look at the five-star Christian Lander and the four-star and two three-stars, none of them averaging more than four points per game, I really think that's hurting Indiana's recruiting. Like just saying, I'm a great – like from Archie Miller to say, you're a great talent, I can make you – be even better is anyone really gonna believe that anymore because you look at yeah. Trace Jackson Davis Romeo Lankford the great class I don't know yeah and it, like players who come to IU who are known as really good shooters they come to IU and they forget how to shoot they get worse at shooting when they come to IU and you don't get optimized well in the IU system like even Romeo Lankford who played pretty well he was never he never achieved his whole potential and he probably could have been better off or put up a lot better numbers than our college if he went there. So just, yeah, Archie Miller's not done a great job optimizing the talent that he's had at IU. And that's really hurting the recruiting battle, I think. Because, yeah, why would they recruit when they come to IU when they're not going to get optimized to the best potential they can? And Purdue, on the other hand, has done really good optimizing the talent they've had and made the talent very well, play very well. Yeah, and I mean, right now, just looking at the future of the Purdue program, they don't have any seniors, and I don't really expect no one's going to the NBA after the season unless Jaden Ivey looks like Carson Edwards in the tournament and does something like that. I don't see anyone going 
to the NBA. Maybe a transfer leaves. We saw it last offseason. Got a little shocked with Nojo and Matt leaving the Boilermakers squad. But then this rotation has often gone 10 deep this season. And then they're going to add four or two four-stars. I almost think, is this going to be the deepest team in the nation next season? Yeah, it's almost like you have too many good players to get minutes. So I think, yeah, probably some guys or a couple guys may transfer just because the rotation is so deep. But, yeah, Purdue is loaded with talent that can play, especially with these recruits coming in. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the future. It's going to be tough in this IU-Purdue rivalry. IU is not able to take a step up. Do you see any end in sight for this rivalry? Or if you don't, what has to change for the end to come? I, th- I think you have to move on from Archie Miller. I don't think IU will do it after this year just because the finances and in this pandemic not having a whole lot of money on hand. But I think that's what's going to have to happen. I think assuming they keep Archie Miller for next year, I don't think much is going to change. It's going to be the same old problems they've had the past four years. So I think to change it, I think you need a new coach. Go after Scott Drew for Baylor or maybe Chris Beard for Texas Tech or even try to bring in Brad Stevens from the Celtics. I think you need someone like that to come in and change his program around, I think. Those are some high expectations to expect any of those coaches to leave. Really, the only one that I see as realistic right now would be Brad Stevens with the struggling Celtics. If he... Is like, you know what, maybe I'm not an NBA guy. Goes back and just builds up that Indiana program. Yeah, maybe the end is finally in sight for the Hoosiers. And all we know that could end today. The Hoosiers could walk into Mackey Arena and upset the Boilermakers, but that's not very likely. Yeah. <laughs> and just... Yeah. Yeah, the reason I say Scott Drew is because he's actually from Indiana. Bob Parazzo is where he went to high school, I believe, and played. So he kind of has an Indiana background that could help bring him to IU if he wanted to. Yeah, I see the potential in that. But I just see if you build up your own program at a Power 5 school already, I don't know why you would decide to leave and try to restart at another Power 5 program. Yeah. So it would be you'd probably have to throw a decent amount of money at them and really convince them to come. But who knows? It could happen. You never know. For Indiana, when do you think they're going to get back into the tournament? I mean, last year they had hopes at the end of the year, but it wasn't for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure exactly when. And they're going to need some changes. They're going to need to make some adjustments. I would say it depends on, I think, what their players do. If Trey stays for another year, I think maybe they could try to make a tournament run next year or try to get in. But, I mean, if Trace lo- if Trace leaves, they're not going to have a big guy to go score. And they're going to lack a lot of depth at the big man position. So next year, without Trace potentially, they're really going to be short, not a long team. So I think they're going to need to start winning recruiting battles and get big men to come to IU because that has been a problem for the IU this year, not having enough big man depth with some injuries they've had, like Grace Thompson being out for a little while. And then their next best big man is Duran Geronimo, who's a freshman, who's not done a whole lot. So 
they're going to need the big men spot is going to be big, especially with Purdue getting all these recruits in at the four and five. Yeah, Trey Kaufman and Caleb First definitely going to give Indiana problems next season. And for the Hoosiers to make the final, or not the final four, just the tournament in the next couple of years, it's really got to be the freshman class that's playing right now. They have to step up. They're ranked 15th nationally. I almost think Christian Lander probably should not have reclassified and gotten into Indiana early, but just... These guys got to be able to step up and make big, big shots and be able to take over a game. Like, I just already seen it watching Purdue all season long. Jaden Ivey has that swagger, that uh, bravery that I don't know. I, I don't really got the word right now, but he has it, whatever it is. He saw it against Ohio State. He hit the game winner. Matt Painter drew up a play for him to drive to the rim. He stepped back, hit a game winning three. Yeah, I think, like you said, Christian Lander, I don't think he should have reclassified probably looking at now. But throughout the year, he's been a pretty big player for IU, like ball handling-wise, while he hasn't scored a lot and he shot a lot of air balls. Probably leads the country in air balls. But he's been really good handling the ball, and he's a great passer. He, If you're open on the court, Christian Lander's going to find you. That's been big. So I think Christian Lander will improve and become a guy kind of like Jordan Ivey has maybe. But he seems to improve that scoring. Yeah, Indiana's just got to find their guy. I know Trace has been it this season, and he's played great. But I don't really see him as a type of guy who, in March Madness, can just take over a game and just win it for you. Like, for a while, Purdue's guy was Biggie Swan again, or Isaac Koss, or A.J. Hammonds. And just feeding the post and trying to win games late like that just doesn't work. And then once Purdue find a guy like Carson Edwards or Jay Nivey, it kind of just all falls into place. Yeah, I think you really need a, a good guard or forward and go get you a bucket. I think like when you need a bucket, that guard can get you it. And I think it's really big to have on a college team, especially in March Madness, to have a guy who can go out there and score. And that's a guy that Purdue has had in Carson Edwards now Jordan Ivey that IU struggled with um, recently under Archie Miller. They haven't had a guy who can just go out there and get a bucket. Not really a guy they have really ever seen since probably Victor Oladipo back under Tom Green. Yeah, and the sad, the kind of disappointing thing, I guess, for Indiana fans is I really thought Romeo Lankford could be that guy that just goes out there and gets you what you need always, but not able to do that in his well, he was just one year, one and done at Indiana? Yeah, one and done. Yeah, just really did not like that from him. I I kind of would have liked to see him develop under Archie Miller, see if he could have got better. I don't know if he would have, though. And just one class, one last thing, looking at Indiana-Purdue football. I just want to take a look <laughs> at that. So Rondell Moore is gone now for the for the Boilermakers, and the Hoosiers are looking good for the next couple of years. What do you think of Indiana football? Yeah, hopefully they can continue the success they had last year. Michael Penix, hopefully he stays healthy. He's not had a whole healthy season, I think, in his career. He's always had a knee injury or something like that. So if he can stay healthy, I think the future is really bright for IU football. And the recruiting class last year wasn't very good. 
But I think in the future, like last year, really helped recruits come to IU and really build a future for IU football. I think Tom Allen's done a really good job leading the team. So I think the future is bright for IU football. Yeah, I see that season for IU football, like the Carson Edwards March Madness run for IU basketball. You look at the recruits Purdue has brought in since then, it just changed how recruiting was for Matt Painter. I, I really think like just being able to get four four stars within two classes, that's not really often that has happened for the Boilermakers. And then looking at guys like Jaden Ivey and Brandon Newman who have committed since Carson Edwards didn't make that run. Yeah, Purdue football, just looking at the quarterback situation from last season, I did not really like the decision to go with O'Connell. He's a walk-on quarterback. I mean, he played good. He was He's an average quarterback, but I believe Jack Plummer or Michael Alma were above average. But right now, is Indiana a football school? Definitely more than basketball. Um, I think I think they're starting to build something in football where they can be a fringe top 25 team year in and year out under Tom Allen. I think they're starting to get coaches from the NFL and top colleges to come in as assistants. I think they're really starting to build like a culture that can really win. So, if, yeah, I think they are becoming a football school as long as the basketball school is not set up, as long as the basketball team's not set up and start getting wins. Yeah, and we were talking about it like a year ago. We saw the potential for Indiana and Purdue to be top-tier programs in both football and basketball. But right now, Indiana football has stepped up, not Indiana basketball. Purdue basketball has stepped up, but not Indiana or not Purdue football. Yeah. So kind of the reverse of both teams. They need to figure out if this rivalry is going to be in football and basketball as big as it is. Yeah, the football and the football team for Purdue's got to step up, and the Indiana basketball team has to step up to actually make this a fun rivalry to watch. We're getting tired of seeing easy wins. <laughs> in the past couple of seasons. I mean, yeah, sure, didn't get to see the football game this year. I mean, it was a close one last year, though, as Purdue came marching back after a slow start and lost in overtime. You think Indiana could try to put some pressure on Purdue today and almost pull that off and send this game maybe to overtime and lose? It, does Indiana have the potential for that? I think they do. They've had a lot of potential all years. They haven't been able to get over that hump. They've been close in a lot of games. So I think they could be close today if they play hard and do the things right. But I, they haven't been able to pull out those games. So I could see them going to overtime and losing. But, yeah, probably not pull it off. Yeah, I, I can see a close game today. Just the rivalry – should mean so much to both players on both teams. Going to be really fun to watch, especially with Purdue looking to claim the double bye, secure it, don't let Ohio State sneak in there and improve their seeding and then in the NCAA tournament. And then Indiana just looking to get back to 500 and hoping that they can win this and then maybe a couple in the Big Ten tournament to make the NCAA. Yeah, because if you win this game, if IU wins this game, they get up back to 500. 
and then you think you'd probably have to win at least two games of the Big Ten tournament to make the NCAA tournament. So this game, yeah, if you lose this game, you're in trouble because then you have to probably win the Big Ten tournament, which in this as deep as the Big Ten is this year, it's probably not happening for IU. Yeah, just Indiana, you got to hope that you kind of get a little lucky in your seeding, maybe end up playing Iowa for a third time. Yeah. Play. And then just hope that you can win a couple games. I just don't see it, though, for the Hoosiers. What are you thinking, finally, this last topic for today? What are your tournament expectations for the Purdue Boilermakers? I, I don't see them getting too far. I think they're still young and still need a little more work. So I see maybe Sweet 16 as the max for them, maybe even round of 32. But I think in the future, I think they definitely could definitely make a Final Four and make, maybe even win a tournament in the years to come. But I don't think this year they have quite the talent they need all around or have developed it all yet that they could be a force, maybe a Elite Eight or Final Four team. I just don't see that this year. I see a little bit of a potential for that. Maybe if they end up with the three or six, maybe get to the Elite Eight, knock off a two. I don't really see them right now knocking off a team like Baylor, Gonzaga, or Michigan, or even Illinois right now. Illinois is playing great, even without Io. I I agree with you. I think Sweet 16 is a really realistic way for the Boilermakers season to end this year. Maybe get to the Elite Eight if they get lucky with their positioning and the tournament. And now with that, that will be all for today's show. Henry, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this edition of Joe Hanningsmeyer Talk Sports with Friends. I'm your host, Noah Joe Hanningsmeyer. Catch you next time.